0: Hi, I'm Ankit Panda, the Stanton Senior Fellow in the Nuclear Policy Program at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace.
1: And I'm Jean Lee. I'm director of the Hyundai Motor Korea Foundation Center for Korean History and Public Policy at the Wilson Center. And Ankit, it is great to talk to you. And what I wanted to talk about today was this news that we got last night about some missiles that were fired from North Korea a couple days earlier. Can you talk me through this? I think it's such a great chance for me to get somebody who's an expert on what this means. Um, but I'm curious when you heard about this and what you think the significance is. Um, that we heard about it, I think it was, I think it was the Washington Post that broke it last night.
0: Yeah. So there was a lot that was unusual about this, right? Traditionally, or at least back in 2017 and even 2019, 2020, uh, whenever North Korea would conduct missile tests, we would usually immediately get an alert from uh, Yonhap News in South Korea, uh, usually via the South Korean Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, So basically what happens is the North Koreans carry out a test, the South Koreans see it, they tell the press, and Yonhap reports it out to the world. That did not happen here. In fact, uh, this was highly unusual that we learned about a North Korean missile test. more than a day after the fact, uh, without any leaks appearing in the South Korean, Japanese, or American press. Uh, but then it started to make sense uh, why this was the case. Um, so, you know, we should briefly talk about the difference between ballistic and cruise missiles. Cruise missiles, which is what the North Koreans uh, are thought to have tested uh, over the weekend, generally fly a lot lower. Um, they're often less um, obvious to uh, sensors, particularly uh, land and sea based sensors that South Korea might have. Uh, But in this case, it looks like the South Koreans did see it, but it was simply a political determination No, not to make a big deal about it. And the reason for that is um, UN Security Council Resolution 1718, which is sort of the bedrock of the current sanctions regime against North Korea, which prescribes ballistic missile testing activity and testing activity related to weapons of mass destruction. Uh, but that resolution specifically doesn't say anything about cruise missiles, which is why I think when the administration came out uh, here in the United States, uh, you know, uh, we heard President Biden call it business as usual. And I think that's a defensible position, just given what we know about the nature of this test and what the Security Council resolutions say.
1: So just to clarify, you're saying that these cruise missiles wouldn't count as a violation of 1718, those UN Security Council resolutions. That's right. And, you know, we can have a discussion about whether that's the right position to take in
0: 2021. Because, of course, back in October 2006, when 1718 was written, North Korean cruise missiles were really not on the top of the agenda. Uh, but now, you know, North Korea has come a long way. Uh, its ballistic missile program has obviously advanced tremendously to the point of, intercontinental range systems. Um, but they have also made important headway on developing cruise missiles. So it is conceivable that this program, that these programs around cruise missiles in North Korea are going to be more and more relevant uh, to the military balance on the Korean Peninsula. Whether that rises to the level of the United States making a big deal about it, I think that's a policy determination for the administration. But really, as far as the ongoing policy review and things like that go, uh, I think the administration is... Within their rights to basically claim that this is a so-called, you know, nothing burger, that this doesn't actually affect uh, how the administration is going to come out on um, diplomacy with North Korea with, related to its nuclear and missile programs more broadly. Uh, so I think it is uh, it is reasonable to describe this as normal military activity in North Korea.
1: What do you think the North Koreans were trying to signal or say with, and I used to, to be honest, I used to call these fireworks because we used to see them so regularly and they didn't elicit a strong response uh, under past US and South Korean administrations. But um, what do you think the North Koreans were trying to say with this? Also,
0: you know, my theory of why North Korea tests missiles is that, you know, there's never one single explanation. Uh, and oftentimes when there is an easy explanation, it's probably not about the outside world. Uh, if, if and when these tests are about other countries, they are secondary to the North Korean sort of technical goals, right? The North Koreans are, you know, Kim Jong-un talks a lot about self-reliant national defense and uh, scientific and technical advancements for applications uh, in defense science. So to all those ends, the North Koreans conduct these tests um, when they need to, first of all, prepare the Korean People's Army for the operational use of these systems or to simply develop and iterate on the technologies that they have. Where it does message to uh, South Korea or the United States, that's sort of an added bonus. In this case, I think uh, it probably wasn't really intended at anybody externally. If it was, we might have seen this test covered in North Korean state media, which it hasn't been so far. So that to me suggests that this is something that the North Koreans are trying to do internally. Uh, They also tested cruise missiles last April and last July, and those tests were also not reported in North Korean state media. So this seems like a quiet sort of developmental effort that they're carrying on um, behind the scenes.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a good point. We did not see the pink lady on North Korean state TV, so this wasn't one of those Events that they wanted to advertise broadly and claim as a success, um, and and it may leave a little bit of room for diplomacy, right? And and it's so interesting because it is a form of I don't know if we call it strategic patience, but it is a form of tolerance or patience. So it's interesting to see this. Um, I think we have about twenty seconds left. Where do you, what do you think the next? What do you think we should be watching for when it comes to North Korea? You
0: know, my views haven't changed. I'm just going to keep my head down, wait for the administration to put their policy review out. And
1: in the meantime, I think the North Koreans are also going to keep things fairly quiet. Absolutely. Very sane and very reasonable. Thank you so much, Ankit. Thanks a lot, Jane.